Grant, O Father, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, my brothers and sisters... We find ourselves gathered in this church on what is known as the Sunday of Expectation. The Sunday of Expectation is called such because it's a Sunday we expect and are waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, which is next Sunday. Um, We are also in expectation because last Thursday we celebrated a major feast called the Feast of the Ascension. Now that day is the day that the church remembers Jesus ascending to the right hand of power. Jesus ascending into heaven to be with his father. It's a huge and great feast day. It's important for two reasons. One, the feast remembers sort of the culmination of Jesus' story and time with us on earth. It is the end of the story of our salvation, if you will. If we remember back, these two verses give a little more importance to the ascension. Uh, If we remember in the story of Jesus, when Jesus is um, being tried by the Pharisees in the temple, being tried for his life, they ask him, and who are you? Who do you say you are? Where do you come from? And Jesus says to them in Luke's 22nd chapter, he tells the Sanhedrin, from now on, you will see me seated at the right hand of the power of God. From now on, you will see me seated at the right hand of the power of God. Now, when Jesus says this, the Sanhedrin's answer to him is blasphemy, blasphemer. That line is what gets Jesus killed. In Matthew, it's very much the same. In Matthew's 26th chapter, you see much of the same thing. Hereafter you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. So Jesus tells the Sanhedrin, you will see me seated at the right hand of God, power being another name for God, and coming on the clouds of heaven. You will see me have ownership over heaven. Blasphemy, they said. And they killed him. And it's on this day, we remember in the book of Acts, which we read this morning, this men of Galilee, why stand ye looking heavenward or why do you stand looking towards heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. So we remember this day when Jesus ascends from our presence to sit at the right hand of power. He fulfills his answer that got him killed. He fulfills this blasphemous answer. I will sit, be seated at the right hand of power. And he is. And we remember that. The ascension is also, in our theology, Catholic, Orthodox theology, the final act of salvation. The final act of salvation. Salvation for us began at Christmas. The nativity, when God became man and the word became flesh. At that point, God took our humanity on himself. And that begins our salvation. The ascension ends our salvation. St. Gregory of Nazianzus, who I'm sure we're all very familiar with. He's an old uh, church father, uh, but a very wise man. St. Gregory said this, 
What has not been assumed has not been healed. What has not been assumed has not been saved, is what he's saying. So what that means is that Jesus had to take our humanity, our flesh and blood, into the kingdom of God. For in that, we are reconciled with God. And if we think back to in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the book of Genesis, we find Adam and Eve walking in the presence of God, walking with God in the Garden of Eden. All was right. So the ascension of our Lord into heaven takes our humanity with him into the kingdom of God, restores Eden. Our humanity is reconciled with God. We walk with God again. And it's very, very important. Very important aspect of our faith and a very important feast. Now, there are many customs with the feast. If some of you remember last year, uh, we did two of them here. Uh, one, on Ascension Thursday last year, we went, I think, to Buffalo Wild Wings and got uh, buffalo wings. And so uh, a lot of places people eat winged uh, fowl and, and things like that. We had chicken wings. But to sort of represent uh, Jesus ascending into heaven. And there's also a very sweet, um, sweet sort of uh, custom that we have, too. We form a procession and we move the Paschal candle, which is down the back of the church, from the altar to the back of the church. The Paschal candle, if you remember, is blessed and uh, consecrated on, on the Easter vigil, and it's lit that night. The Paschal candle uh, is the Passover candle. The, uh, it represents Jesus' presence with us. It's used at baptisms and funerals. Um, and so Jesus' presence is with us during Easter at the altar, and then on Ascension night, we process that back. If you remember, <laughs> last year we gave all the little children uh, candles, and all the parents sort of freaked out when we did that but we had all the kids up here and we processed back to the to the back of the church and we blew out our candles and the smoke rose up and we talked about uh, Jesus ascension in, in, in those terms uh, I've been a part of that for most of my life growing up uh, we always celebrated the feast of the ascension in sort of a like manner and so every time I think about the ascension I think back to my 10th grade year um, I grew up as a Boy Scout, so I started at Cub Scouts and did Weebelows and Wolf Scouts. Um, but I was a little different than, than most Boy Scout troops. I was in a tr uh, what's called a, a branch of the Boy Scouts of America called the Explorer Scouts. Uh, and that was a commitment, um, not so much to merit badge uh, accomplishments, but a commitment to exploration and adventure. And we would go... Uh, one weekend a month, we would take a trip, an adventure trip, whether that be caving, uh, hiking, climbing, bicycling, something of that nature. And then during the summer, we would take one month out of the summer and take a long trip. Uh, I think the summer of my 11th grade year, we canoed from Meridian, Mississippi to Pascagoula, uh, which, is, <laughs> which was interesting. But it took, uh, it took several weeks to do so, so I don't really commend that to you. But we did it nonetheless. Uh, and one of the, the rituals of being Explorer Scouts is in your 10th grade year, you are dropped off in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a wilderness area, and you have to find your way back to base camp. Uh, and I can remember very clearly the night I was dropped off, they give you one raw egg, they give you string, um, a knife, and a flint to start a fire with, and they drop you off in the middle of the night and come day, daybreak, you, you, you must make your way back uh, using all those skills that, that, that we were trained with in the Explorer Scouts. 
And I remember that night in 10th grade, uh, sort of still not knowing what's going on, standing with a raw egg in my hand and, and watching the, the, the lanterns of the, of the leaders leave. And to be left in the darkness in the middle of the woods uh, was sort of frightening, scary. Um, and it always makes me think of that. And I always wonder what the disciples felt like when Jesus ascended into heaven. Because it's obvious that they do not know clearly what's going on. Uh, it says in chapter 9, when he had spoken these things, uh, well, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So even after Jesus' crucifixion, his resurrection from the dead, and Jesus spending 40 days with his disciples, they still don't get it. They don't understand Jesus. They don't understand salvation and the kingdom of God. So they're asking him, so Jesus, you know, when are you going to overthrow Israel? When are you going to overthrow the leadership? When are you going to overthrow the political powers? And Jesus answered, it's not for you, for you to know these things. It's not for you to know the time or the hour. And then he ascends. He ascends. He goes, in the original Greek, it's not up into the heavens. We have this image of up into the heavens, but he ascends out of their sight. He's taken from their sight and they're left. They're left there. It's a very scary, sort of unusual feeling to, to give your life to some cause to follow them, to follow Jesus all the way through and then have him ascend into heaven. And, um, there's some wonderful chapels throughout the world. If you go to England especially, some side chapels you'll find if you look up in the roof over the altar, there'll be a pair of feet that stick out that sort of symbolize Jesus' ascension into heaven. Uh, must have been very odd to be with them and I don't know that they were as scared as I was holding the egg in the middle of the wilderness that night but it's a scary feeling nonetheless and so what do they do the disciples immediately go to the upper room of the house that they were staying in that they had rented in Jerusalem or staying at in Jerusalem and they pray they pray they spend nine days in prayer from the day of the ascension to the day of Pentecost is nine days. And they spent that time offering God prayer, asking for God's guidance, asking for God's mercy, God's protection, asking to be shown a sign, asking to be comforted. And so that's this period of time, the Sunday of expectation. We're sort of living that with them. Jesus has been ascended. The Paschal candle has moved to the back of the church. And we're waiting for next Sunday when we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit, when the church is birthed. Um, that's the period of time, the Sunday of expectation. Now, on the Sunday of, on the Sunday of Pentecost, I mean, uh, when the disciples are through with their nine days of prayer, their prayers are answered. And also we see sort of the finality of salvation and the fact that the Holy Spirit is given. Uh, if we think back to the gospel story again, Jesus' 40 days on earth... When he's walking, he has a phys he's constrained physically. What I mean by that is, if we remember the story of Thomas, the first time Thomas uh, goes and meets with the disciples after Jesus has been with them, uh, they say, well, he's seen Jesus. He came to us. And Thomas said, I do not believe you. Unless I you know, put my hand in his side and touch the wounds in his hands, I will not believe you. Thomas missed Jesus' appearance there. And it's not until Thomas is present that he actually can touch and feel and interact with Jesus. But on Pentecost, these prayers of the disciples that are feeling lost and alone and left are answered. Jesus issues in with the Holy Spirit, 
the sacramental world, the sacramental life. So now, no matter if you're in Laurel, Mississippi, London, England, Boston, Massachusetts, San Diego, California, you can be with Jesus. You can have an intimate relationship with Jesus. So something new is birthed, and we'll talk more about that next week, but it's very important. So the Sunday, or the Ascension Sunday is what this is called, the Sunday of Expectation. We celebrate Jesus' enthronement, the finality. He makes good on his promises that get him killed. You will see me seated at the right hand of power. We see him seated at the right hand of power last Thursday. Jesus also empowers us to live lives of faith, connected. We see the fulfillment of our salvation, the end of the salvation story. Jesus ascends into heaven with our flesh, with our humanity. Our salvation is complete. Ascension ends the Paschal tide, it ends Easter tide. And with that end, and with the expectation, my brothers and sisters, there is always a call to action. On this Sunday of expectation, we are expected to, if you will, to spend these days in prayer, praying for the Holy Spirit to enter our lives anew, afresh. We pray that we will be comforted with the same Spirit that comforted the disciples. We imitate, if you will, the disciples in that upper room. And we spend that time in prayer. I encourage you to do so. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit enters our hearts and our minds. And as we reflect back upon Christ's ascension, remember our salvation. Remember that final act in our salvation when our humanity is taken up into the kingdom of God. When salvation is finalized. And always give thanks for the sacramental life and the intimate connection we have with Jesus that is only possible through his ascension. And through his giving of the Holy Spirit to the church. And in all those things and all those prayers and those thoughts as we reflect upon the ascension, upon Pentecost, as we pray for the coming of the Holy Spirit, let us show forth our faith in our lives. Let us show forth the faith of our lives in the truth of the ascension. And let us live lives of compassion, of mercy, of joy, and of love. For God has gone up with a shout. Our salvation is complete. We have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it should show forth in our very lives to the world. So this morning, brothers and sisters, let us give thanks for the, for the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let us, with expectation, look forward to this coming Sunday of Pentecost. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.